Thank you for tuning in to Game Investing Pirate Radio. Hopper here. Today we're going to talk about uh, Michael Jordan's number, which is 45. And if you didn't know, he won six world championship rings, um, three in a row twice. And in between, his father got murdered and he went off and played baseball. And there was a time in his life when he went into a very dark area and tried to figure out how to bring that joy back out of him. And he went to baseball because that's what his father and him grew up doing. It wasn't basketball. Um, as you may or may not know, Jordan got, uh, he didn't get cut, but he didn't make his uh, varsity high school basketball team. And my thesis is that he had a chip on his shoulder and I call that hunger. Um, it doesn't really apply to video games, except maybe if you're investing in Tyson or LeBron covers or Kobe covers. Kobe was pretty hungry. He was never satisfied with one or two championships, and he ended up with five. But today's episode is titled 45 because there was one chance to buy into Jordan rookie cards, memorabilia, sneakers, video games, whatever it may be. There was one dip. And when you're talking about goats like Mario, Jordan, um, you know, the heaviest hitters in all of these pop culture collectibles that we, uh, we may collect or invest in, when you hear buy the dip, it doesn't really apply to the goats. I'm talking about the greatest of all time. Um, so this episode is dedicated to Michael Jordan wearing number 45 coming out of that first uh, baseball retirement because of his father chasing his joy and passion coming back to the game because I'm not exactly sure why he came back to the game. I think he missed the game. So it wasn't just about joy. I think baseball was a joy, but I guess the reasons don't matter. What really matters for you as a collector, if you want to become a sophisticated investor or get the mindset of an investor as you, you know, upgrade your collection, do trades, do deals, uh, buy, sell, whatever it may be, thinking like an investor can't hurt because in the end, the more uh, the more ROI that you can manage, the better and bigger your collection can become. So what actually happened? Well, Jordan came back after a hiatus. You know, he was a he was a pretty good baseball player, and from what I understand, he worked harder than any other minor league baseball player out there for those maybe two seasons. You know, he was he was working day in, day out, um, changing his body, batting practice, you know, crack of dawn, um, you name it. He worked harder than everybody. But from a collectibles, an investment, a sneaker, a baseball card, a basketball card, sports card standpoint, PSA graded, certified, authentic, that was the one chance you could have got his basketball cards for a decent price. Um, he did have a baseball card or two during that time, which you wouldn't say by the dip. But if you're talking about straight basketball cards, sure, he was coming off of three championships. We're talking, you know, post-junk wax era. By the way, junk wax era refers to the overproduction of sports cards that happened right around 1990. So... There was a chance there where you could have got cards today that were pennies on the dollar. You could have got cards 
probably for a dollar each if you were cherry picking for condition that probably sell for one, two, three hundred dollars today. So we're talking 200x, 300x, possibly 500x. Uh, it could be even more on, let's say, rare 90s inserts. So for video games, that would be variations, very rare Mario variations, let's say a prototype. So how do we how do we look at Michael Jordan and say buy the dip on something like a Mario? Um, it's pretty easy actually. There's really only three patterns, and I'm going to use the stock market as an example. You've heard of V-shaped recovery. You've heard of U-shaped recovery. Essentially, what that means is buy low, sell high, and buy the dip is tricky because as you're going down, let's say. There's a presidential election, a capital gains uh, tax issue. There's higher income taxes, higher corporate taxes, layoffs, a recession. People start selling off their games and suddenly they realize they can't sell all those oddball games. They put them all on eBay and which games sell first? Well, it's going to be the Marios. It's going to be the goats. You know, it's going to be the rare stuff, the good stuff. And that's going to sell off real quick as we come down into this V or this U shape. And there's going to be a chance there where there's going to be enough pieces on the market to where you're going to be able to pick and choose. And I think for video games, it's not necessarily just the price. Buy the dip means, like Dan said, patience. If you wait for a dip, you might have a chance to pick up a piece that you're missing in your collection in a specific grade, variation, print run that can fill a hole or even you know, buy something at half price or 70% off or buy pieces in quantity, maybe lower grade quantities that if there is a U-shape, V-shape recovery, you're going to see a 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x return. Now that assumes that, you know, we come out of that uh, economic downturn and uh, let's say, you know, crash, if you will, gets thrown around a lot, like Atari crashed back in the day. But then again, when we're talking investment grade, we're talking 1% of 1% of the total population. So it's very hard to determine which pieces are going to crash, which pieces are going to come down half. You know, the way I look at it, if everything comes down half, I'm still going to be okay because I've got a lot of nice pieces. And, you know, I think, I think you're going to have to be willing to take that as an investor. A collector doesn't like to hear that, but an investor is ready to take a haircut. And we call those haircuts, you know. You got 100,000 in games, you're ready to say, well, you know what? On the downside, I'm okay if it goes to 50. But if it goes to 2, 253, you know, here's my plan to exit these pieces versus those pieces. So the bottom line is if you're in a V or U shape, get your want list out and get ready to shop and try. You know, they say you can't time the market, but what you can do is you can study economic data, you can study taxes, uh, political. Uh, proposals, you can study uh, cards, you can study coins, you can study comics. I think those are the big three. When you see those moving, you can expect moves in video games as well. I think that's really important to understand P, you know, PSA, PCGS, CGC, NGC, um, BGS, what the other grading companies are doing because that will trickle down, especially with these new rumors. Uh, WADA is pretty much the new, you know, the new kid on the block. Um, VGA, you got to watch them as well. You got to watch the prices and how they're moving based on economics. But if you want to buy the dip, 
don't beat yourself up about timing the bottom. It's impossible. Basically, what you what you want to do is what Warren Buffett has done over the years. Other big investors have used. Everyone uses it. It's called dollar cost averaging. So as you're coming down, what you're trying to do, normally collectors want to upgrade, but dollar cost averaging is about getting the same position, expanding the position with lower costs. So let's say you're building a position of Tyson, Mario, whatever. Uh, pick a grade, 8.5. Let's say you're putting together uh, a collection of... Uh, of silver boxes, black boxes, Mario, Tyson, um, Metroid, Mega Man, whatever. You're into a piece at five grand, and then you see the market come down to four grand. Do you buy then or wait for three? Well, you buy at three, you buy at two, it bottoms out at 1500, you buy five more, then it comes up to 25, and you ask yourself, well, if I get in now, do I lower or raise my average cost? Pop it into a little spreadsheet. Put the price of, and the date of each paid item you have in your position and then uh, type in a box that says equal AVG parentheses. Add up the boxes. You'll get an average price or pull out a calculator or an iPhone. Calculate your average. And anytime you can add to your position below your average cost, that's dollar cost averaging. So don't think that you're going to catch the bottom. But when it's going down, when we do have this dip, this economic shock, this second recession, double dip recession, whatever they're talking about, get ready, have cash on the sidelines, have trade bait for people that maybe uh, are willing to trade with you, and uh, use dollar cost averaging. Don't be afraid to build two, three, four, five pieces because you can always trade in and out, right? As long as you believe in the long run. Now, there's a couple other patterns I want to talk about when people think the dip is coming. Another dip I've seen after the great financial crisis, especially in stocks, I watched stuff like McDonald's, 99, Walmart back in the day when they just did really well because they were selling, you know, low priced uh, things we need for our life, food, sundries, supplies. And then I compared that to like gold mining companies that tended to explode out of the, uh, the deepest part of the recession, which I think was around 2011, 2012. So that would be considered the bottom. It was kind of a U-shape, but it wasn't a U-shape. If you really look at what happened between 20, let's say 2020 and going back all the way to the great financial crisis, 2008, which was a high point pre-2007 and the high point, let's say, is 2020 or 2019, you're going to see kind of a trapezoid shape to where it's coming down. It came down fast. Then it kind of bounced along this bottom for quite a while. I'd say 20, like 2012, 2011, 2010, 2009. It was kind of flat. I was following real estate at this time. I was seeing, you know, condominiums go from like 100 grand. They went from 200 grand down to 100 grand. Then they were kind of just, you know, mucking around in the mud, 100, 105, 110. Then they went up to 120, then 125, 130. It took a while for them to come back. So the crash was fast. The bottom was muddy and mucky, bouncing around, you know, basically at the same level for like two, three years. Then we had this nice gradual upswing for a few years. And then we went ballistic. And that's when your Michael Jordan cards went 2X, 3X, 4X, 5X. You had uh, people jumping, sports card investors jumping into sports cards and we're seeing pieces in COVID going 100x, I mean, it's just gone ballistic. That's about the time, uh, you know, WADA came onto the scene and VGA and WADA is going ballistic. But when you look way back, it looks flat. So in that situation, what you're looking for 
instead of dollar cost averaging on the way down, if you if you think we're going to be mucking around in the mud for, let's say, a four year administration change and we're going to be, you know, bottom feeding for, let's say, 2021 two, three. And then until we get a rumor of a new administration change or a political climate issue, um, tax issue, maybe, especially capital gains, that's something to keep your eye on. Capital gains taxes is very important if you have an investor mindset. So if we're mucking around at the bottom, at that point, you don't have to jump on pieces. At that point, you take Dan's advice and you use patience. What you're looking for at that point in time at the bottom, let's say the bottom is going one or two years and we're kind of like, we fell from the peaks in video games and we're like kind of you know, the million dollar video game sold and now we're at the $500,000 video game. A lot of the video games that were 10 or 20,000 dropped to five, but they're not dropping to a thousand. So then you're looking at all these pieces out there. There's so much juice out there. You're just foaming at the lips. Patience. What you're looking for at that point is something that you can get into obviously at a good price. But when we come out of that, and it could be an explosive recovery. It could be kind of like what we had before where it was gradual for two or three years, then explosive. The thing is, when it's gradual, when it's coming up, you might not be able to get those, let's say, what I call short prints, uh, variants, uh, rares, uh, you know, something like a, uh, I hate to go back to Tyson, but it's what I know, uh, you know, like a 9.0 or above a white bullet. You know, you're not going to see that piece come out right now. You're not going to see that piece come out when we're going up still. The only chance to get a piece like that, no matter what the price is, is somebody's having their own economic crisis. Somebody's having a baby. Somebody's having a divorce. Somebody's having a bankruptcy. Somebody's company is getting bought, bought out. And somebody is getting shuffled around, leaving the company, retiring, golden parachute, fired, transferring, moving out of state, moving out of country you know, losing a restaurant. It could be anything. It could be health issues. It could be so many things that cause a hardcore collector or even investor to get out. And when they get out, they might be willing to get out at cost. Maybe, uh, you know, I like full disclosure. I like disclosing my cost because it just takes the negotiation piece right out. I mean, it's just bottom line, boom. So at that point, when you're mucking around in the mud, you might want to ask, hey, is it available? You know, how much are you into the thing? I don't want to insult you. You know, I want to make a fair offer because you don't want to be a bottom feeder because as you come out, you you want to carry your reputation out of there. And in the real estate industry, this is about pre-foreclosure counseling and the, the highest level sharks or whales that operate, I would call them whales, they come into a pre-foreclosure family and what they offer is credit counseling and they offer a way for that family to get out of that house that's underwater by helping them avoid bankruptcy, avoid a, a legitimate foreclosure, which lands on your credit report usually. So when you get to the bottom, what you want to do is be kind. And I, I believe Gary Vaynerchuk, be kind. I mean, you just be kind. You can't come in like a shark because people might be losing their lives. You've got to respect their collections. Listen to them. Find out what they grew up as, you know, as kids. Find out what they're most nostalgic about and go for the stuff they're not nostalgic about. And that's where you're going to find your best deals. So patience, kindness, you know, basic human 
values that we all treasure, but we don't admit it, right? So there's one more shape we can look at, and that would be coming down hard, flatlining, and then coming up hard. I haven't seen this specifically macroeconomic-wise. Um, you know, dot-com came down hard. Asian financial crisis came down hard. Great financial crisis came down hard. This, this economic crisis, this pandemic we're in right now is probably the closest setup we've had over the last, you know, like the oil shock. Going back to the 70s, I've gone through five shocks or so. I haven't seen a stimulus like this ever in my life. Um, if there was a setup to where we could come down, I mean, we've already seen a V in the stock market. So we came down hard. We came up hard. Now we're kind of bouncing around. Uh, we're looking at the election. When I say we, I'm talking about the markets, NASDAQ, Wall Street, CNBC, you know, the Dow Jones, the analysts, the talking heads. Of course, they all want a quick recovery. But when you look at it economically, the amount of money we printed, $10 trillion, you can bet a lot of that money is in coins, cards, comics, video games, you know, Pokemon, whatever. Magic the Gathering, um, artwork, prototypes now. I'm putting that in. I'm putting money in prototypes. So in games, we've kind of had this crazy run-up. We, When I say games, I'm talking about the 1% of the 1%. The uh, investment grade pieces, they just keep going up and up. And obviously that's not, you know, that's unsustainable. So the economy as a whole came down, came up. Now the question is when we go back down, is it going to be fast and hard? Are we going to flatline? And then are we going to come up fast and hard due to some, uh, let's say, second stimulus? Let's say the election brings us down hard. We flatline for a while. They argue on Washington, D.C., in Washington, D.C., and we come up suddenly as there's another $2 trillion printed, or maybe the Fed does something like go negative on interest rates, and we come up hard. The question is, is that sustainable? I don't know what to say about this, this shape because I don't, I don't know much about it. I haven't seen it. I'm talking a long-term view. You know, you come down hard one year, you go flat for two or three, and then you come up hard. Um, I guess same thing as the the mucking around. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta respect your your suppliers, your sellers, your collectors. Use kindness, use empathy, and and try to understand what people are going through. Because in the end, the best pieces are owned in collections and. If you want to come into this market as a whale, as a shark, um, sure, you can go try to find warehouses or, you know, wholesalers. Um, but if you want the stuff that's already encased, already authentic, already preserved, taken well care of, it's already being collected, it's already high graded, you're, you're going to end up dealing with collectors. And it's, and it's a very small community. Um, I always recommend starting by listening, learning what they're passionate about, learning what they grew up with, learning the eras, the ages, learning what pieces they revered. And, you know, I my tip is when you're going into acquisition mode, when we're flatlining or we're coming down or dollar cost averaging, I always recommend figuring out a weak spot and then the nostalgic spot for each person. So, for example, for me, under full disclosure, my weak spot is early PC, Atari 400, 
then Atari 800, and then Apple II, and then Commodore 64. Those four platforms for me are my weak spot. I'm not going to give those pieces up. I'll hold those to the grave, even through uh, uh, you know, a medical issue or a bankruptcy. or That would be the last thing I let go of. The next tier would be something like prototypes. So if you want to buy like silver boxes for me or for Mario for me, I'm willing to let that go. Whereas another collector may never let go of Mario. So really the thing is when you're, when you're flatlining and we're coming down and you feel like we're bottoming out, it really is what we call in Japanese case by case. It means each deal is its own deal. And, and in real estate, this is easy to understand. If you, if you come from real estate, you know that each zip code, each neighborhood, each state, each county, each city, you know, it's got completely different culture when it comes to real estate on the supply and demand side, especially demand. And demand is really the key because when someone's willing to let something go, what they're thinking in their head is, you know, I demand this piece or I don't demand this piece. And, uh, and that's what really drives it in collectibles market. And Reserved Investments continues to warn us that we're speculating in collectibles. There is no fundamental base of economic you know, data that we can use to say this company is worth this amount because they have this many airplanes and this many warehouses, which means their stock price is going to be this amount. We can't really do that in collectibles. All we can say is this is the supply. And all of us are waiting for a population report on the investment side. And then we can say, well, I think this is the demand for Guitar Hero. I think this is the demand for Mario. I think this is the demand for uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant covers in the future. I think this is the demand for Black Box PS White Security Street. I think this is the demand for you know soft shell Sega CD or uh, Sega clamshells. I think there's more demand for this, that. And, and that's, that is speculation. Reserved Investments is right. Part of this is speculation on the demand side. But then again, I'm completely bullish on the macroeconomics because of the Mario movie. And by the way, if the Mario movie flops, that's a perfect example of the one dip Mario may have forever. If Mario is Michael Jordan, where's his dip? Where is King Mario's dip? When are you going to be able to get a $100,000 black box for 70 or 50 or 80 or 60? Is it after his movie flops? Is it after Super Mario World flops in Tokyo, flops in uh, Orlando, flops in Hollywood? Or is there just going to be a tiny, tiny little dip after the movie? And once those theme parks open up, the vaccine drops, Universal Studios is pumping, Disney is back. By the way, if you're in the stock market, Disney today was by the dip. If you believe that streaming can carry them through these, uh, you know, all the blood that's flowing out of the theme park business, which is, I think, 30 to 40 percent of the overall economics behind Disney. All the people buying the stock are, are buying it because of streaming, Star Wars, Marvel. If you believe that we are in a dip, well, then you're looking at comic books. You know, then you're looking at movie. You're looking at Star Wars figures. If you believe that a vaccine is going to cause a rush back into the movie theater and Hollywood's going to start, you know, being the main catalyst again uh, across the Marvel and DC franchises and comic books are going to come back, well, then start looking at comic books. Because when you look at comic books, 
the last uh, 20 top sales in the world took place between 2010 and 2014. So, you know, we're coming down. I don't know if we're flatlining. I don't know where the, you know, I'm not a comic book expert. I've never owned a comic book. I'm looking at this objectively based on the data. Obviously, peak comic was 2010 through 2014. So here we are coming down, flatlining, mucking around. Maybe you can get some really, really low, low production, low supply side pieces. If you believe in a vaccine and a, and a U-shaped, V-shaped, or possibly a trapezoidal, you know, explosion back into the movie theater. And if that is the case, if that's the thesis you're using as an investor, well, then you kind of want the Mario movie to flop. And when it does flop, that's your chance to buy the dip. So play life like a video game. Try. Try a new investing strategy. Try to look for some bad news. Try to buy that bad news, and you know what they say, buy on the bad news, sell on the good news. Don't be afraid to fail. It's just like, you know, losing your character in a video game. You get back up, you pick yourself up, you learn some wisdom and experience, you fight through your obstacles, you pick a little area, a little circle of competence a la Buffett. Peter Lynch, invest in what you know. You know, maybe it's prototypes, maybe it's Black Box Mario, maybe it's launch titles, maybe it's variants print runs, you finally make some mistake and figure out, you know what, I think I pretty much understand this part of the market. And then you become a master.